Uh, hello and welcome to uh, Pig Ignorant Gamers number 14, which uh, Mark was surprised by, weren't you? Yeah, well it's mostly just because, well not just that it's lasted this long and we're still going for some reason. Yeah. Also, that we do it every month, so that means we've been doing it for over a year. Uh, y- yes, that was actually true with 13. Um, yeah, but I didn't think about it. Okay. I, I didn't. I didn't know which number it was. You were too spooked just, by I, the, the spooky thirteen. Yeah, we was... were discussing about unluckiness at the start of the podcast. Maybe well, then I have no, I have no okay. excuse. Really. Well, anyway, uh, welcome. With I'm, me, I'm ignorant. You me, see, <laughs> with me, Graham Goring. Oh, me, Mark Foster. There we go. Uh, and me, David Williamson. Okay. Ah, uh, back on David. Yes. <laughs> I just wonder if there are two of you. you get, like, you've got like twins and one of them's Dave and one's David. In, in which case your parents had very little imagination. Um, <laughs> so it's probably not the case now that I think about it. <laughs> no, actually. Not the greatest theory I've ever had. Um, yeah. So we've actually got quite a bit to talk about because, because it's been a really interesting month in terms of shit happening, uh, that's a, a little bit, you know, shit. Uh, <laughs> bad things happen. People doing bad. You're a things. writer as well, aren't you? I am, but I'm not being paid to do this. Thus, I use maybe twenty words at most for the entire podcast. Half of them swear words. Uh, yes. <laughs> um. So, the, the, I suppose should we start by mentioning the whole Yog debacle? Yeah. Um. Your friends at the the Yog cast because wasn't wasn't you? A guest hang on. on there? Hang on. At what point have, we, have I become friends? Well, did you not get a little bit of a plug from them at uh, E3? They played the game at E3. Well, there you go. You are you're you're very their... good friends with them now. Yeah, yeah now, best they, mates. Now, here's the thing. They said nice things about your game, I did assume. Did they? Did, I, I, I have well, no I idea. Thought, like you haven't... They, they asked for a copy, but we can't give any out at the moment because it's not finished, so... Oh, okay. So, so okay, right. So, I mean, if they haven't said so nice they were things, just after a freebie, is that what it was? A freebie? Well, they <laughs> You make it sound like a wank. So. <laughs> you make it sound when you say a freebie like he was going to give them a hand job. <laughs> yeah, they came into our trailer and they, just, they, they were demanding. demanding someone goes back to the to the back end of it, shuts the door for the icon bit and just tosses them off. I assumed that they would play it and you'd give them a reach around. I thought that would... You know, well, they've got one joystick in their hand. You've got another. Yeah, but I had to sign an NDA. So. Oh, okay, right. Well, anyway, <laughs> so the reason I bring them up is because there's there's two reasons for th- <laughs> for this month, and the main one, the first one is Yog Discovery, this uh, corporate shilling program. Yeah, uh, which it definitely isn't, uh, whereby they take they give exposure to games in exchange for taking a cut from sales generated in the period of time after they give exposure to those games. Even if there are other, you know, things giving exposure to those games. Oh, it's obviously us because we're yogs. Hmm. Um, it seems a bit shit, really. And there's been loads and loads of other YouTubers who have, you know, less, but, you know, still sizable audiences pointing out just how crappy this is. Yeah, it's not great for the developers and stuff, but it's just, it is advertising. It's the same thing that people do with TV, really. It's just, a, it's just a slightly different way of doing things, and it's just because the way everything's shifting around now, like YouTubers and stuff, do have a lot of power when it comes to marketing. I know, but in theory, shouldn't these people be sort of discussing games impartially? But I mean, that's impossible if they have a, you know, a stake in that game selling well. It just seems a little bit incestuous. It reminds me of that famous George Bernard Shaw joke where he goes to that woman, "Would you sleep with me for a million pounds?" and she says. 
you know, I'll consider it. And he said, okay, will you sleep with me for a pound? And she said, what do you think? I'm a prostitute. And he goes, well, we've established that. Now we're just haggling. <laughs> and it just seems that same kind of yeah. thing whereby they are effectively prostituting themselves. It seems to me that nobody wins. Yeah. They're not journalists, though, are they? They're just a bunch of people who play games. Right, I know, but you... you I know what you mean, though, You imagine yeah. when you watch that that you are getting an unfiltered, unbiased, genuine view of whether that is a good game. Now, I know they have said that, you know, they're only going to do this with games that they like anyway. Well, in which case, well, why aren't they covering those games anyway? Well, I'm not going to give them a rev share of Titansoles if they ask for that. Like, it's just not... That's not going to happen. No. But hopefully people will... Hopefully they'd still play some games... Anyway, because they want to, I guess. Mm. I don't know which games would qualify for that particular thing. Like, I think they're just bitter about Minecraft, right? Well, so Dave's contribution to this conversation so far has been a stifled belch. (laughs) I'd have got away with that. (laughs) (laughs) If it wasn't for us pesky kids. So what are your thoughts on this, Dave, as a person who makes games? To me, it seems a bit odd because, like you say, a, a good game doesn't need their extra exposure does it well a, a, a popular good game but but i mean their, good games their revenue cool. stream come at the moment comes from advertising which yeah. effectively is coming from their viewers hmm. so they want money from both sides then don't they they want money from the viewers from advertising and money from the developers yes when really it should be filtering only in one direction yeah it does seem like they want their cake and eat it and then they want your cake as well and they want to yeah. eat that <laughs> Um, and then there's, well, and then we might as well move on to the third cake that they won, of course, which was the Yog Ventures, yeah. um, Kickstarter debacle, which, uh, kind of blew up. So I, I didn't even remember this Kickstarter, but maybe it was, it was just before we started sort of doing the podcast. I wasn't quite so gend up. Yeah. But... I, I remember it. It's, they basically said, Notch, fuck you. We're going to have our own Minecraft. Mm. Oh, right. Okay. Blackjack and hookers. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and, and they did a quite a nice sort of slick, fun video for it and they got 500,000. And then it all went pear-shaped because the developer... The developer does sound like... Now the, the, the reason this all comes to light is because the developer said, sorry, we can't make it, we're, we're folding, basically. Well, the developer wasn't a developer when they started. Exactly. So it's literally their first game. It is kind of crazy, the sort of mistakes they made. Like, the the one that gets cited is the fact that um, the, the Yogs people, they lost faith in them, quite rightly, I think, when... <laughs> I can't believe this. They arranged for this this concept artist or this artist to do six months' work for thirty five thousand dollars, and gave him all the money up front. And then he got a job too. They, they later didn't even give him the money up front. Did they not? No, his contract stated that he got thirty five thousand no matter what. And when he pulled out, he said, "I still want the money." What? Who wrote that contract? Yeah, with with absolutely no termination clauses in it at all. What? See, this is. <laughs> I can't believe the level of good faith they had. It just seems mad. So, but at that point, didn't the Yog guys were like, well, we don't, you're obviously idiots. Give us 150 grand of that money for us to keep safe. Uh, what's happened with that money though? Has anyone mentioned? Yeah. It, it, they said they used it to fulfill, um, backers per. Oh, physical rewards. But, um, in the original statement, only $50,000 of that was to go on backer rewards. Also, it was used for, like, marketing, air quotes. And, for uh, a non-existent game? Yeah, well, they showed it at E3 in 2012, I think. I don't know how, or if it didn't have a program or anything. Um, I guess they used contract programmers or whatever. But mm-hmm. they, they did the E3 thing, and they travelled to E3 on that money. They basically paid themselves to get a holiday, I think. 
Yeah. Or paid themselves as marketers. So I don't know if all of the rest of that money went in, because I have no, no one knows really, apart from Yogscast. Mm. But what really galled me was the fact that when this all went kaplooey, the first thing Yogs were people were like, well, we don't owe anyone anything. We mm. don't owe you, Josh. Well, that is the We are not obligated to give you anything. But no, it isn't a Kickstarter that says you are obligated to do uh, No, no, you're obligated to make an uh, in-good-faith attempt. Right. That doesn't sound very good-faith to me, saying we owe you jack shit to me. Well, I mean, they hired about 12 people, so... <laughs> yep, yep. Those 12 people were incompetent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it seems to me like I could hire 12 of my friends as incompetents and just cream off the money. I'm not saying they did that, obviously. <laughs> I make it very clear that they didn't do that. I'm just saying that there are there are ways around these things, and it just seems it just seems that they haven't done very well. What they've offered to people is that other game, isn't they? Um, tug. I don't know. Tug. What it was, but uh, I mean, unless they're, unless they're offering each of the listeners a tug, <laughs> um, just just like you had to offer them. The thing I don't understand about it though is um, the original pitch was two hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars to complete the whole game. Yeah. So even if the done really badly surely they should have been able to complete it for 500 well yeah but then this is the same thing with the um the double fine one where they said you know if we'd only got 400,000 oh, you would have got a flash game you wouldn't you, there's no way we know how to do that because they run out of money even with the full game yeah but they haven't had feature creep on this game it's it's exactly the same game they were planning to make yeah but they didn't know what they were doing yeah, but yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. That's the point. They probably they probably budgeted that by asking this person who didn't know anything how much to make this game. Oh, a quarter of a million. Yeah, sure, that'll do. So it's it's just the most sort of it's it's all it stinks from every angle. This the the bad thing is though it hurts everybody on Kickstarter. Yes, absolutely. But then you know what? They're not the only ones trying to pull scams on Kickstarter. <laughs> now. On a completely separate note, let's talk about the aerial Kickstarter, which I'm not saying is a scam, but has a lot of the hallmarks of one, um, which just seems uh, really sus. Now, this is the company that were going to make um, a stalker-like game, for, and they needed just $50,000 to do that. Now, there, there was some other stuff where they were saying, oh, that, because if we get that, then we can secure other funding and stuff like that, blah, 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 and that's why it's only 50000 It's not that you get a whole, we'll make the entire game for 50000 because I know that money in Eastern Europe isn't as... As you know, the wages aren't as good, but it's you know not that ridiculous. Um, but it just seems really sus because because the first thing they said was oh from the people who made Stalker, and then GSC were like w- not really. Where the people who made Stalker and and looking at your stuff, there's like one guy who was a contract artist for six months or something. Um, this doesn't seem. I don't think you should really be saying from the people who made Stalker when it's not from the people who made Stalker because I don't think even. Even the guys who made um, Metro don't particularly say from the guys who made Stalker the four A games, do they? And and they genuinely mostly were people who made Stalker. So um, and then there was the there was the, <laughs> the really ridiculous recent thing where it looked like it wasn't going to make the money. Um, so they put out that demo that you were saying about, mm. um, which was just in Unity. With, yeah, with Unity assets, despite the, the fact store. that they had claimed uh, that they had their own engine or something, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they said that they had all their own engine uh, and loads of content already done, mm. but the thing they put out didn't have any original content in. But they still needed to hire programmers, didn't they? Was that? It? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. But they, so they had an engine, but no programmers. So that's that's kind of cart before horse. 
Um, but then, so, uh, then a couple of really big donations came in that pushed them over the line so they'd get all the funding. And then the letter from Vladimir Putin, which was the most amazing <laughs> thing, purporting to be from Vladimir Putin, saying about how his daughter had backed it and he was interested in it now see, and how it's a good example of the people of Russia and Ukraine cooperating and what the fuck. The guy, the guy who posted the letter did say even he was dubious about it, but you wouldn't put it out then, would you? <laughs> yeah. If you, if you thought it was dubious. Exactly. Because it just makes you look even worse. I know. And, like, you know, a man with an appalling human rights record, <laughs> like, you know, like a, a, a horrible, homophobic commenda- shit of a commendation man. from the devil. Absolutely. It's, it's like that. It's like if, like if George W. Bush, the second, you know, the, the thick one, um, that is just George W. Bush. That's how you tell the thick one from the evil one. Um, so the thick one, if he gave you a commendation, I would not mention that. <laughs> um so it's kind of i it's just staggering just this staggering series of weird events it's almost like the gizmodo thing but sort of compressed down to a month not sorry gizmodo gizmondo Mondo. sorry gizmodo <laughs> um which you know was obviously sus as well and now of course kickstarter has suspended it and they started up their own funding campaign which i'm sure definitely has all the same safety parameters and guarantees as kickstarter oh yeah for sure so that seems kind of ridiculous. Um, but then there's another one, which is the Confederate Express people. Because we mentioned that guy about six months ago or something like that. And it was this really... See, these, these I, I kind of feel sorry for. Do you? Yeah. Because, I mean, they're just trying to get their game done. So they've, they've done a deal with someone to get their game done. Um, but it does mess over their their kickstarter backers a bit yeah exactly so the, the, what happened is that you know they they got this this thing kickstarted confederate express and, and made a pretty penny over what they asked for i believe um and it was this really good looking sort of um it was isometric sprite work but it had all this nice lighting so that it, they were like sort of solid and had shadows and stuff and it looked really really attractive and then they just started this other one called Knuckle Dusters or Knuckle Club or something like that or Punchy Knuckle Club, Club Knuckle. I don't know. I'll find out. Um, and it's not making its money because quite rightly, most of the comments are from people who are kind of like, what the fuck, dude? And they're saying that effectively it's, it's because they secured some, I think it's because they secured some additional investment, but it was contingent upon them doing this other game first. First, yeah. And so as a result, Thingy, uh, Confederate Express was, uh, postponed, which the- you, they effectively sold their engine, but the, mm. the deal of the sale was that the the new game came out first. Right. was the first game released with the engine. Okay. But then there's this other side to things, this weird thing which popped up on GameSpot saying that um, that these are the two guys who have been squatting in someone's <laughs> apartment. There's this service called Airbnb whereby you couldn't rent apartments apparently in America. And, and, and so they rented this condo for 44 days, paid the first 30 days if it was indeed them, I should point out. Um, and then after that refused to pay any more money. And because, uh, it's over 30 days, the rental period, it, they're considered full-time renters and therefore they couldn't just be kicked straight out. So the actual owner of the apartment is having to go through this costly eviction process with them. Uh, and you think, well, they, I mean, if you're being that much of a shit, it doesn't sound, they don't sound like, if it is them, it doesn't sound like they're the nicest of people. The sort of person that I would be happy to give money to. And it, do you know the weird thing was? It's because last month I was kicking myself thinking, oh, I really should have backed Confederate Express because it looked good. I wish I'd backed that project. And now, of course, I'm like, woohoo, bullet dodge. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, so that's kind of, that's, it, it's all been, 
like relentless sort of crappy news with regards to Kickstarter and games. Um, it, it, it is enough to make you, you know, really feel a bit bad. And another thing that's annoying me is that Kickstarter is absolutely clogged up with other who want to become the next Yogs, um, Yogs cast. There's like 13 Kickstarters active at the moment for people who want to start streaming their inane babble about video games. See, what I don't YouTube. get about that is you don't need any money to start streaming games I know. on uh, YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's it. It's, you know, most devs, they do live streams on Twitch and stuff like that, and they haven't got anything, you know, particularly. And half of them are asking for £500,000. What? Not 500 500 or £1,000. Oh, Not right, half okay. a million. I'm like, yeah, that would be crazy. <laughs> Although we've got one later on that's a bit crazy asking for 400 grand, so... Um, I saw a Kickstarter the other day actually where someone said it was. It literally just had a line saying, um, "If I get a million dollars, I'll interview musicians and celebrities and shit." And that was wow. their entire pitch. And how much had they made? Ten thousand out of a million. <laughs> so no, but how have they made ten thousand? Because joking people have put money down. Oh, I it's see. clearly not gonna hit. Yeah, but I mean that can backfire horribly. Yeah. Um, if enough hilarious people did that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus wept. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, actually looking through, cause I was looking through the Kickstarter today to look for things for Shitstarter. Um, and, and Kickstarter, trying to try and find some good things. And there's just so much dreck out there. So much middle of the road pablum that's just, you know, it used to be that every month there'd be something or a couple of things that'd be like really kind of, oh, that's interesting on Kickstarter, but it's just, clogged up with people panhandling effectively um for for crap or to or to finish off some 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 game that has no artistic merit whatsoever um yeah it's 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 a little bit depressing to be honest kids <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a nice thought to leave you with um yeah but there were a couple of good things actually on kickstarter that we, I, I i saw and and, and uh, we had a look at which uh, first one was this game called snot um, which is about, now this, this annoys me because the guy in it, he says it's about a mollusk when it's, it's clearly a fucking snail. And I, although I appreciate that snails are a type of mollusk, they're a very specific type of mollusk that you don't generally call a mollusk. You call them a fucking snail. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, it's, it's a platformer, right? Uh, where you're a snail or a mollusk and you get different types of shell and you can throw your shells at enemies, but you can also then combine your shells of which there are two types. Um, with, uh, these sort of elements like lightning or, um, uh, what was it on the kinetic energy? Um, or you can combine yourself and it gives you, uh, abilities to do kind of, uh, neat things like dig into the world, which until then, until that point in the video, you don't think that, you know, the world is malleable at all. Um, but then, you know, they demonstrate that actually that's the case that it is. Uh, another, you know, uh, more, more interesting, uh, things. Another thing, there was a, it had this weird match three going, going on when he destroyed, like a blockage and, and, uh, these blocks fell down and disappeared because of the match three rules. And that was quite interesting to see that within just a regular platformer. So that looks quite nice. It's got reasonably attractive pixel art of varying standards, I'd say. But I think that, that looks like it could be, could be good. Mm-hmm. I think. Anyway, there was something else I saw that looked all right on there, but I'm blanking at the moment. So I'm going to have a look <laughs> no at idea. my phone. Do, do, do. Oh yeah, there was a game called, uh, Ginny the Clue. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, um, which looks really, uh, really pretty. 
it's effectively it's like a choose your own adventure game but unlike that one that we mentioned uh last week with galen fott or whatever his name was which is brilliant that name i love that name still um it looks like there's actually more interactivity than just saying uh this is my choice at this point um it looks like it's actually got you know you know, you look around the screen and you touch things to find clues and stuff like that, or you look use a magnifying glass to read information on things that you would be unable to see otherwise. So that looked um that looked pretty nice and very, very, very attractive art style. Um so so that looks interesting. Um but um I don't know if it's gonna make its money as as with things anything that I find quite interesting looking. Like that that snot game, that mollusk game, that doesn't look like it's gonna make its money either, which is a bit of a a, a shitter really. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, to 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 ignore the the shit end of Kickstarter for a, a while, has anyone played any games? Yes. Oh, what what have you played, Mark? That Dave definitely wants to hear about. Well, I have another legitimate excuse to talk about Dark Souls. Yes. So the DLC came out for Dark Souls Two recently. Yep. Crown of the Sunken King. Yeah, I think that's the first one. So it. It, I hope I'd have to pay eight quid for each one. Oh, did you buy? Oh, you didn't buy the season ticket then. I just couldn't find it on Xbox. Oh right. Oh, oh. that's odd. Yeah, maybe there isn't a season pass on on maybe Xbox. Not. That's I don't a, know. Well, then you are going to have to pay eight quid for each of them. It's bullshit. It's, yeah, it's kind of. Well, you say it's bullshit, but you were saying earlier that it's kind of better than the rest yeah, of the Xbox. Yeah. Well, I'm going to buy them anyway. I'm going to play them. I'm going to buy them. Okay. Uh, so tell us all about it. Well, it's it goes back to it moves more towards the classic Dark Souls structure. Do you want to? This is, read yeah. This, for a bit we just turn your mic off so you can just <laughs> guzzle stuff. Um, yeah, it's it sort of. I mean, Dark Souls Two has the problems of like it's all very just disjointed, like that No Man's Wharf where the, there's a boat comes in, and yeah. then you climb, you get off it, climb up some stairs, and then you're at sea level, but you've gone up really high, and it's just madness. Yeah, it just doesn't make any physical sense. But um, yeah, the DLC goes to like a more structured thing where like you'll go up an elevator and be back at another bonfire and you've just unlocked a shortcut and you'll go oh I'm back here again that's cool yeah and it's shit hard I mean I was playing in New Game Plus because my characters are in New Game Plus and yeah it's mad hard which is awesome um, there's three boss fights in it mm-hmm. um, one is versus three guys um, like humanoids one is one is Havel like full Havel gear with uh, dragon tooth. Right. One's like a ranger with a crossbow, uh, with a, a big bow and all this shit. It's just, it was mad hard. I I just had to kite them round and slowly chip away until I killed them, and it was it was insane. Well, that sounds a bit sort of cheap. That that if it's just those... that one, that one was fucking hard. It was pretty. It was kind of cheap-ish. No, I just mean in terms of oh, we couldn't be bothered building any new models. Let's just let's dig out Havel and a yeah. ranger again. Well, I mean Havel's armor's in the game anyway, so. Well, exactly. So um, it's, it's it, it seems like oh, because yeah. this is what worried me is that these will be well, how much content can we recycle to make these? Yeah, I didn't particularly enjoy that fight, but there is two other boss fights in there. Yeah. Um. So. The, the you think you've got the last boss of it, and it's like some um, creature who's kind of like the last boss in the game, Nechandra or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like weird, cursey type humanoid witch creature, but she summons skeletons to attack you as well. So you're like fighting her, and then she summons fucking Veldestat. I can't remember. Veldestat, the one with the big hammer. Yeah, yeah. Summons that, him in the bell hammer. Okay. And I fucking hated that boss anyway because I shit he, at it. He. No, is that the one? That's the one before the King Vendrick, isn't yeah. it? 
That is the easy. Well, you you soloed all the bosses, didn't you? Yeah. That is such a piece of piss if you've got friends. That's what yeah. we just absolutely just caned him. Yeah. It was like the beat down. It's the bit, you know, in Clockwork Orange where they beat up the tramp. I've not that, seen That's it. what it was like. Uh, us just absolutely wailing on him. It was great. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So, it, again, reusing, you know, elements, which seems a little bit. Yeah, it was alright. It was an interesting fight. And she does like, she does like magic and, uh, uh, like pyromancies and stuff like that. Yeah. And then right after that, there's a bonfire. Yeah, and in front of the bonfire is a fog door. So you, if you know, you see a bonfire and then a fog door straight away. It's like, okay, this is going to be fucking hard. Yeah, and it, that's the big boss of the area, and it's a dragon. Yeah, uh, like a poison dragon. Uh, some of its movesets are kind of like Calamite, um, like, but then they made it harder. Like, like who? Calamite from uh, Dark Souls One. Which one's that? In the Prepare to Die DLC, you know the black yeah. dragon Calamite. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Like the it, like the supposed hardest boss in Dark Souls. Hmm. Um. So yeah, it was fucking hard. I soloed it, but yeah, it was stressing me out. But it, that boss was the first first time in Dark Souls two f- for quite a while where I was like, "Fuck yeah!" After I beat something, I had that feeling of like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Um. So that was fun. I recommend checking that out if you enjoyed Dark Souls 2 or so, Dark Souls. So, uh, in terms of like new weapons, new uh, regular enemies, oh, new... There is a, there's a crazy weapon in it that you can get. It's called yeah. the Puzzling Stone Sword. Yeah. And it's a dex weapon. Mm. It's got S scaling and dex. Um, and it's like a, it's a sword that moves pretty quickly. But it's also a whip. Because it's this, it's like a magnetic sword that's in segments, and you can use it like that. Right. And then if you use certain moves on it, it just it all the segments detach, and it does whip actions. So it's got the most unique moveset in the game. Right. So you can really throw people off with it in PvP. So you can do like like a stabbing motion when you jab forwards, and it just goes really long mm. and stabs people like a halberd type move, which you don't expect. And also you can do like a spin, so just like a big AOE spin around and whips people. So it's pretty interesting in that way. Yeah. And then a few other like great swords and stuff like that, knocking them out. New rings and anything like that. Yeah, there's a, a ring that boosts electrical damage, which seems ridiculous because there's so many people running around with fucking sunlight blade, yeah. stun locking you to death with his, like his vihanders and stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah, I've been basically I did that and I've been playing PvP for like the past few weeks. How long did it take you to clock it then? The DLC. Yeah. Um, not too long, maybe like three or four hours. See, that seems. Eight quid, that doesn't seem like a, a lot. I think yeah. I'm going to wait for all three to be, you know, in a in a, a cheap yeah. Christmas sale, I think. Because if it comes down to, say, 12, 13 quid, I think I'll invest. But it's just because Dark Souls, what is... It is such a kind of disappointment compared to... Well, you can tell the B team made Dark Souls too, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the A team were working on Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah. Not... When I say A team, I mean they're, they're A... Not the yeah. A team. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's, which, to be fair, you haven't seen them on TV recently. <laughs> so, that's where they've been. They've been developing Dark Souls. Yeah, there we go. Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls, no, Bloodborne, made there, by Mr. There's, T. There's only three of them left now, because George Papard is dead. So, oh you know, ages ago, George Papard. Yeah, George Papard. Papard. Long gone. George, Papard. I don't, I don't even know who that is. For a second, I thought that was the, one of the developers of Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. There he is. Oh, no, he's no, talking about it, the, 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 original, the original Hannibal in... The eighteen. Okay. Although that said, I suppose if you took also the other four from the movie of the eighteen, that's seven people. So, but I'm pretty sure I've seen them doing other stuff. So yeah, Dwight Schultz. 
So the theory, of, the theory that the A team are making Bloodborne yeah. has now collapsed. Well, no, it, I mean, because Dwight. Okay, so one of them's dead. Dwight Schultz, I haven't seen him doing much on TV, so there's the possibility he is working for them. Um, okay. Mr. T, again, other than those Snickers adverts, haven't really seen anything. Um, and the face guy, what's he done? Other than a cameo in um, the, the new movie. So there you go, it could be. I feel like we've ventured into a very strange area here. <laughs> okay, well, just, you know, it's it's not it's not impossible is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's, it's just unlikely. Unlikely, yeah. Yeah, unlikely. I'll say that. Mm. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, so how many thumbs up are you going to give it out of six thumbs up? <laughs> That's a <laughs> weird number. Yeah. I've only got two thumbs. Are we're using all of our thumbs here. We're using all of our thumbs here. Um, Instruct us. How many thumbs should I have up? Could get sued. I don't know. It's oh, hard. Dave's it, already put one up. It's hard to. Oh, no, he slipped oh, it. Oh, oh. No. His, his is like a Schrodinger's thumb like... where you're uncertain of the state of it. <laughs> Come on, out of six. Um, I don't know. It's hard to give it like a proper number. It was enjoyable. Uh, if you enjoyed it, Dark give it, Souls 2. Give it a letter instead of a number. Um, and if possible, make some noise by knocking things onto a table. Give it a letter? Yeah. Just what letter? A random you, letter. Yeah, what one? What letter do you think really encapsulates Dark Souls Two for you? I mean, is it going to be one of the the crazy ones like an X? I was thinking X, but I don't know why. Right, okay. Just because that's a, that's a letter. That okay, fair enough. So that's it's, my reason. It's a letter. It's X out of Z, basically. <laughs> Z being the highest letter, and therefore the. You can't do it that way though. <laughs> oh, okay. that means it, that means it's like ninety eight percent or something. Okay, so in that <laughs> in that case. It's close to ninety-five. Uh, it's just it's just X out of all the letters of the twenty-six letters. It's X. Yeah. This is probably the least helpful review of anything that's ever happened. <laughs> well, that's kind. It, I, can't I feel give that it, that okay, is our remit. I can't really give it a solid number because I don't really know. I just what, compared to, to the rest of Dark Souls Two, it's probably better than Dark Souls Two if you like Dark Souls One. Okay. And, I mean, the areas are quite bleak in terms of art and stuff, which is a bit now, of a you, shame. But when, so when is When you say Dark bleak, you mean empty in terms of detail? Yeah. Well, it's all grey and greeny grey and yeah. stuff. But there are some really interesting new enemy types and they have to, like, piss you off a lot and that kind of thing. So, oh, I've got to mention a really fucking cool bit of it, though. Okay. But it's kind of spoilery. Okay. Well, that's okay, because you know how we deal with spoilers. So, if you don't want to hear this... You take the oh, left. Christ. Come on, it's, it's a, it, it works. Ridiculous method. It is proven. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, please take the left hand ear thing out and just listen to the right hand side, where you will hear pastoral cow noises <laughs> until such time as the spoilers have concluded. Spoilers start now. Okay. Um. So, you know when you see a bloodstain and like you've got a ghost running through your world or whatever. Yes. Right. That kind of um, look to something, you ignore it in the game because you, you just your brain phases it out. Yeah. I was running through this bit and then saw one, didn't really pay attention. It was twice as big as normal, and then it fucking attacked me. What the actual blood stain? No, or, the, or uh, the, ghost? the the ghost, and it's like a massive ghost with two scimitars, and it went at me, and I was just like, "What the fuck's happening? Holy shit!" And I just like bricked it. Yeah. And eventually, like, just like roll away, manage to get away, and like kill, kill them really slowly. You do, don't do that much damage because you're hitting a ghost. Yeah. But then I found out also their corpses are like nearby, and if you hit them and break them, they turn into physical beings again. But it was so cool when it happened. I was just like, because you don't, you're not paying attention, 
and you you don't realise that you just run into a room filled with enemies. Yeah. And it was a, it was an awesome moment. Okay. End of spoilers. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed the cows. If you're listening to the cows, but otherwise that sounds interesting. Right, Dave, you have been playing Gods Will Be Watching, I believe. I'm trying to play Gods Will Be Watching. What? Why are you trying, Dave? Is it a because difficult game? Because it's so hard. Yeah. What? Okay. So what's what? Tell us about it. It's it's similar in style to a point and click adventure. Yeah. In that you click on people to talk or interact with them, and it's it's basically like um, the conversation trees of. Uh, uh, point and click adventures yeah um but uh, and the first room which is what i cannot get out of <laughs> this is how bad i am at it another dave classic um is it's a hostage situation so you're you're um effectively terrorists although you probably don't see yourself as a terrorist yeah and you've taken host- hostages yeah and you're trying to hack a a, a, a scientific system and there's police outside so you have to keep your hostages relatively happy, mm. as happy as hostages can be, whilst keeping the police at bay, whilst your people hack the system, and so you have to manage basically the um, the states of those those elements, yeah, and just keep them all in a nice equilibrium until you've got the hacking done, mm. and I presume affect your escape. I say assume because I can only get the hacking twenty two percent done. Right. So Before all hell breaks loose. Is that loose. percentage going up constantly, or is it basically? Yeah, it's going up really happen? slow, and there's also certain things you can do to to uh, boost the speed of it, but they're risky as well. And you can also trade your hostages for better in, uh, uh, internet connection type things, better hmm. speed, which also helps it, and things like that. And um, so it's just managing what what resources to use to to keep everyone in decent states. But I'm I'm hopeless at it. Now, do you feel it's you being hopeless at it, or do you feel that the game isn't doing enough to communicate what you need to do to you? Uh, well, no, because like you can talk to the hostages to find out what states there are. Like some some um, don't really like the Galactic Empire, whatever the bad guys are in the thing, mm. uh, but they don't like your method for doing it. So um, and there's ones that don't like you at all. And are very much for the uh, the galactic authority hmm. and things like that. So yeah, you do get feedback on on what people are thinking, um, and also the police. You know when when they're about to attack because they get more uh, aggressive and they move closer to the actual uh, room you're in, and things like that. So I mean, you get plenty of feedback, but I, it's still managing them all. It's yeah. I feel like I, I should be an octopus with like eight arms to to try and manage them all. Have you, uh, you know, just cheated a bit? Have you tried looking at any Let's Plays to see if anyone, ha- how people are doing no, it? No, something I've, obvious? I've, there is a, an easier mode as well. It says, uh, basically in, in the normal mode, it says you will fail lots and lots and lots, which I have. Hmm. Um, if that happens, you can try an easier mode, which you'll still fail lots and lots and lots at. <laughs> see, I, I, why not play these? Because there was that game. I, I don't want to do it in the easy mode, though. Yeah, but you'll get to see everything. I'm hoping I get to see everything anyway. Well, okay. I mean, are you going to go back to it and try some more? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try and complete it, but I don't. I don't know if I'll live long enough. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I mean, so you are enjoying it then? Yeah, I mean, you get to blow people's heads off. 
Okay, always good. That's that's what games exist for. So yeah, but I I do enjoy killing the hostages too much. Right, which doesn't help my cause. No, no. Well, you were saying that it was. I, I was asking about this earlier, and I was saying about how because you you shot one you shot one, one blew one of the heads off, and then the others panicked and left. And you thought, well, let's try softly, softly. I'll try talking to them. Yeah. And then they just they just thought you were a walkover, so they left. Yeah. So then you tried shooting one in the leg, and he just slowly bled to death. And and I assume they still left. Yeah, well, yeah. So it, it seems it's you're trying to keep a balance do. of because if you're too aggressive, then they get too scared and just and just panic run. And yeah. if you're too soft, then they yeah, like you say, they think you're a walkover and they they just make a run for it. Yeah. So you have to try and you know keep that balance of being aggressive, and you have different options like you can shout or you can kick them or you mm. can shoot them in various body parts. Yeah. So but that sounds sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> right. Brain. Uh, oh, I've played the thing. Are you done? Are you finished? Uh, well, yeah, I've got nothing else I can say about it. Fair enough. Has anyone played any other games? Uh, I've played the Nightmare Cooperative. Oh, okay, yes. Tell us about that. Um, which is, it, it, it builds itself as a roguelike um, in the it has procedural levels. And when you die, you die. You have to start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and the, the hook to it is that um, your group of people... Um, you can move them left, right, up, down. All um, the directions. Yes. <laughs> um, but they all move together. Yeah. Uh, as one. Hmm. Um, and they're at various points in the in the room. They're not all clumped together. Yeah. And so you have to negotiate them all around the uh, the maze and through the enemies. Hmm. So um, it's a roguelike then. It's procedurally generated. Yeah. Each each room right. is, is procedurally generated. I thought it was like a. A puzzle game yeah, so where it's like designed puzzles. Yeah. yeah, I mean it. It it feels puzzly, but uh, yeah, as as the levels are procedurally done, um, and there's a there's a risk reward element to it as well. If you open chests, then more enemies spawn. So yeah. each time you open a chest, so if you're trying to get more and more score, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, each each of the characters. Um, because uh, there'll be sleeping characters in the, in the level, mm. and when you wake one of them up, the rest of the ones that were on the on the level um, disappears. Mm. So that's how you add people to your party, and each one has a unique ability. Yeah. Um, so, like the archer can fire in a straight line, but at distance, mm. uh, and there's a, a, like a, a ninja character that can. Um, Dodge behind people, so you, from one side of them to another, right, and things like that. So, so it, I mean, it does have puzzly elements, but they're not set puzzles. Mm. So, you just basically have to use your resources to get through a procedurally generated. But the main thing is, when you move, everyone moves at the same direction. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the main hook of it. They all go in that direction. Yeah, which is, I remember seeing another game like that, and 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 whenever I see a game that uses that trap, you always think they did this by accident at first. Because <laughs> you know, it's like when you're developing games, the first thing you do is the player, and then you create a bunch of them, and it's like they're all responding to the controller. It's like, hmm, maybe there's a game there. Um, okay, so it, it, all right then. Yeah, yeah, I had quite a lot of fun with it. I mean, I've not unlocked everything from it, but you you can play through the actual quest um, in a reasonable amount of time. So mm. I mean, it's not the longest game. I suppose because it's procedural, you can play it multiple times. As oh well, yeah, yeah, so, and there's yeah. Uh, there's lots of things to unlock as well. Yeah, and it's kind of like Risk of Rain then, in that certain, way. So yeah, certain pickups and things like that, so... Yeah. 
Okay, sounds good. Uh, I uh, played a bit. Of, I've been playing Divinity Original Sin, although I've not played much of it. I've only played about six hours or so, and as it's an RPG, obviously, that is uh, but a, a tiny amount. But I've been really enjoying that actually, because I think Divine Divinity is, I think, my favourite RPG ever, just because it has like really nice writing, but also you can sort of go anywhere and do anything. It's not one of these ones that's linear at all. It's kind of there's a linear bit at the start, and then it's you know just knock yourself out. But this game is, just seems way, way, way harder. It's, uh, it's like, uh, it's turn-based combat in this one. And it's, um, it's crazy challenging. And the camera gets in the way of it, because it's 3D. But you can only rotate the camera a bit. So pretty much every time you go into a fight, it makes sense just to go to the top-down camera, which looks, you know, kind of ugly. But, um, yeah, I have a feeling that's gonna turn out to be, like, one of my favourite games of this year. Because um, it's still got, you know, it's got good writing. It's a little bit overwritten in terms of, ugh, how many fucking dialogue boxes? Um, but then I can't think of any RPGs that aren't, you know, like that. Um, but that's been really good because that's, that, and I'm glad to see that that's that's a nice Kickstarter success story, really, compared to all the, you know, the 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 the, the crappy Kickstarter misery we've had this month. Um, but also the main thing I did actually, uh, which because it took less time, was I watched uh, GTFO, uh, Get the Fuck Out, which is a, a documentary um, about how women get treated um, sort of online, uh, who play in sort of competitive gamers, um, who do you know uh, uh, work in development of games and things like that, and and it's kind of just, uh, it, I mean, I always knew that you know obviously they get a bit of flack to say the least, but it is kind of crazy the level of hatred that women who play games receive just from um and almost exclusively from men obviously um it was it's quite an eye-opening documentary and and you know it's, it's been well made it's it's uh nicely slickly produced um again it was done via kickstarter um and it's 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 well worth sort of having a watch if you're at all interested in that but there's some things that that they mentioned that I totally sort of didn't think about, and which I've done, which is the the sort of the way that uh, gaming culture has co-opted the word rape to mean you know to be beaten really badly in a game. Oh, we got raped, yeah. um, and 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 kind of you know that sort of devalues the actual crime of rape. Yeah. So um, and that was quite interesting because until someone sort of pointed that, I was like, oh yeah, I suppose it does actually thinking about it. Um, but um, it's it's kind of a depressing documentary in some ways in that it doesn't it doesn't sort of present any solutions. There, are, you know, you meet some nice people who, you know, obviously, you know, level headed and doing you know their bit to try and to try and stop this. But you feel that you know the way society is set up, it, it's not particularly going to help. But it is it is sort of shocking some of the 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 that hatred and bile that happens um, uh, towards women. Um, uh, it's quite unfortunate. <laughs> the one thing that amused me about it was there was this uh, there was this woman there who actually ran a software company and made a game where the entire cast were women, and they showed a tiny clip of it, and they were all really big, busted, skinny women. It was like, well, you're not doing any favors there, really, are you? Which seems like kind of ridiculous. If you're going to do something that tries to you know present a realistic view of women and tries it tries to present them in a way that every other game doesn't present them. Don't present them as massively top-heavy, tiny, wasted women. You know, present them as as realistic characters. So that was kind of uh, ridiculous. Uh, and there's one thing that was really, um, actually, the most depressing thing is there was the, there was this one about this this woman who did um, competitive fighting games and stuff like that, and about how and she was saying 
in her interview about how actually uh, her experience has been really positive. Um, but when you look at her interview in the context of the wider thing where if you speak out at all as a woman playing video games, you get so much shit for it. You totally don't believe her in the interview. You totally think, well, you're just hoping that, you know, you're appearing, but you're hoping that you don't get loads of shit off the back of it. Because I, I, it seems seems so unlikely that she wouldn't have encountered, you know, horrible abuse in the way that every other woman who plays video games has. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite sort of, uh, it's an interesting and sobering look at the subject. So yes, GTFO. I think it's Shannon Sunmead directed it. But, um, yeah, well worth looking at. To be serious for a moment <laughs> before we talk about willies or something. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, anyone else played anything else or should we get onto the shit starter? Which. No? I'm not playing anything else, no. Okay, well, Shit Starter's quite... Um, I'm going to actually play some clips for it this month, which I shall uh, interleave into the podcast in a professional manner. Um, because <laughs> um, I, I was kind of worried that it was going to be... There was going to be nothing worth it. Because I thought, you know, last month, Shit Starter, it was like, oh, here's another thing that's not very interesting, here's nothing. But there's... there's um, I think there's probably only talk about two or three, but they were fucking doozies this month. Because um, there's, there's one... Uh, let's see... Uh, well, I'll leave the best till last. Actually, the 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 first one is um, there's a game called Gas, um, <laughs> uh, or it's called I've Got Gas, um, and it's a game where the idea is you've uh, eaten some Mexican food and you've got really bad gas and you've got to get to the toilet before you shit yourself, <laughs> and you do that by floating along on uh, parps, um, and it has the most horrific fart sound effects. Literally, half of the video for the Kickstarter sounds like this. At that point, I would have just dropped in the sound. Um, and, and it's, uh, but the, the stuff either side of it is there's him explaining the game, but it starts off with this kind of offensive sketch where he plays a Mexican. I think he may be of Mexican descent himself. But even so, he really amps up the Mexican in this sketch where he gives himself, serves himself Mexican food and then needs to have a poo, but the toilet's ocupado. It's, it's, oh. But he also wears a sombrero and puts on a fake moustache. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there is no, there is no subtlety in this. And uh, puts this on sketch. a great accent. So. Yeah, he really, yes, he definitely amps it up. I wouldn't even begin to even try that because it would be. Yeah, what's well, his accent like, Mark? Yeah. I'd rather not say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is, it is, it is a subtler portrayal of a Mexican as Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking Speedy Gonzalez as <laughs> yeah, well. It is. Um, so that's terrible for that reason. And the game looks shit as well because I hate rendered sprites. Yeah, it's, Ugh, yeah. It's ugly. So that, I mean, that is worth watching just to see how bad the video is. Um, sadly, uh, much as when Realms of Goldesia removed their horribly sexist video, the maker of Gas has edited the video to remove the horrific sketch at the beginning. But don't worry, there's still a solid minute of guff noises, so, you know, tune in. Another one that um, is just sort of weird um, is called, uh, let's see, Kingdom of Oberon. Or Oberon's Kingdom, as he interchangeably called it. Yeah. Now, it's described as a dark MMORPG currently in its inception stage, capable of expanding to fit 
what the gamer community is looking for. I, they don't have a fucking idea what they're <laughs> making, but please give us $400,000. But the weird thing is, the video of it is this guy who apparently they've asked to do the video for him, and it's him speaking to camera for about 15 minutes whilst holding the camera, totally unedited, so that, you know, when he makes flubs, he's kind of laughing at himself in a sort of nervous manner, and this is apparently someone off camera kind of directing him that he makes reference to, and it's the most uncomfortable thing. If someone's off camera as well, couldn't they have held it? Yeah, you think so? Or just just stick it on a fucking table. Yeah. What it reminded me of was those hostage videos. Yeah, absolutely. He, he just seemed like he was under pressure to yeah. say the right thing. Yeah, at no point does he hold up a newspaper to prove what day it is, but <laughs> that's about the only difference. Because you, you feel that, you know, it, it's it's a video that just, just drips with flop sweat. <laughs> just this, this, this terror. It's... um. But it's just the little laughs he gives to himself. I'm going to play a couple of little clips uh, just to give you an idea. It's oh, it's just terrible. So the original plan here was that I was going to be standing in front of a wall full of ideas, but that wall is completely blank now. Uh, the owner decided to com- to take down everything that was on the wall for, well, for the video. I, I don't understand his logic. Uh, doesn't matter. But the primary thing is the species. The, spe- huh. the species are broken down into six into six different groups focusing on the seven deadly sins. Each and every species represents pride, but each one also represents their own separate sin. So we have the elves, which will be focusing on in- huh. envy. Yes, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I have some guy, like, over there telling me exactly what to say, and it's rather odd, because I'm trying to tell you the truth, and he's trying to tell me to tell you otherwise, and it's confusing. Uh, <laughs> uh. Um, but the worst thing um, that uh, there is, is um, a video for a game called Nightfall, the video game, which is a, it's a first-person sci-fi uh, shooter. And th- their video is astounding in the amount of different things it does wrong, um, for a start, its Kickstarter video starts with Nightfall Indiegogo campaign on <laughs> the thing. Uh, one of the guys sounds utterly bored and not enthusiastic. Oh, the first thing he said in it is, welcome fellow viewers. Now, he says, but you're broadcasting, you're not a viewer. It doesn't, so that doesn't make sense at all. Um, the other thing is, uh, it says, oh, it takes place on many planets such as Earth, Mars, and of course, Nightfall. At no point previously has it mentioned that Nightfall is a planet. So that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, you can play as uh, characters uh, Connor, Ellen, Molly, or Dylan. And they obviously thought to themselves, well, people might not like those names. So this little piece of disclaimer comes up saying that the names are currently under development. Now, what will p- to be decided <laughs> will be a more human way of putting that. Um, Maybe then, they're only going to develop the names. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So it might become, <laughs> just become longer. Delone, for instance, uh, Molly. Um, uh, there's, there's one point he goes, you may ask, how can we help? Well, you're on a funding site. I imagine it involves giving you money. Um, then they say, they say about, um, the different perks they have, which they describe as various things at certain prices. Which is <laughs> like, they haven't got a fucking clue. Oh, and they need 5k, uh, is the amount they're looking for, because they need to hire development staff that know what they're doing, artists, modelers, actors and actresses for 5,000 pounds. Apparently that'll cover that. Um, at one point, he says that, you know, if you watch, you know, if you back it, they'll keep you up to date with all the new news, because he couldn't think of it. And and also, uh, if you back it, they'll keep you apprised with pictures and 
stuff. It is the worst video, and I really recommend watching. It's only two minutes long, but it is it is just just the worst produced video I think I've ever seen. Um, it is it is staggering how poor it is. Uh, in fact, I'll probably I'll probably put the audio for it on the end of the podcast just so uh, you can listen to it immediately because it is gobsmackingly bad. Um, and that's kind of that, I think. Let's see how long we've done. Sure. Oh, I'm so sweaty. 55 minutes. 55, 56. We just ticked over to 56. We did a bit of titting about the top, but that's okay. That's that's good enough for a podcast, right? Yep. That means we can turn the fan back on, doesn't it? Ooh. Yeah, right. I'm actually okay temperature-wise, though. Really? Yeah. I'm not. You're I am right. very sweaty. <laughs> well, I'm filled with ice cream, though, so yeah, that's true. I'm still cool from that. Okay, like, anyone else got anything that you need to say? No, I think that's about it. Right, fuck this then. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs>